0: It is so good to be here tonight and to to be able to see all of you all and uh, to be able to see my parents and I think this will actually be one of the long since we uh, since I left for Bible college this will be the longest period that we've been able to be in town and uh, be here at the church. We'll be here uh, kind of about halfway through January so when we left here in March we were just getting started we were probably around maybe 15 or 20 percent when we were here Uh, we've been traveling since that time in March, and we're uh, just right at 60%. So, God has been blessing, and the Lord has been providing, and uh, a large part of that is due to your prayers and your faithfulness to the Lord. And just want to thank you so much. And uh, as Brother Lloyd was preaching in Sunday school this morning, just about second chances, and uh, just uh, we, we need a second chance almost every single day. Every morning that we wake up, the Lord's mercies are new every day. And just so thankful to the Lord for the opportunity to be here with you guys tonight and to be able to, to preach. And thank you, Pastor Bloom, for that, for that opportunity. But as we're in Luke chapter number one, You know, we're here, we're right just the day after Christmas, and uh, probably many of you, maybe even yesterday, before you opened gifts, maybe spent some time reading through the Christmas story in Luke chapter number 2. But uh, before we get to that story, in Luke chapter number 1, I want to look at uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth and their story. And, And the title of the message tonight is Lessons from a Levite. And as we look at the story, it's one that we kind of maybe, uh, not necessarily pass over, but it's right before the Christmas story, right before we come to the birth of Christ. And uh, many times we're eager to get to Luke chapter number 2 that we could easily skip over uh, or kind of read through quickly Luke chapter number 1. But as we look here tonight, I want to see five lessons from a Levite here in Luke chapter number 1. We'll start reading in verse number 5, and we'll pray and, and get started tonight. Luke chapter 1 verse 5 says, There was in the days of Herod, The king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias, of the course of and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord blameless. And they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, According to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel of the Lord said, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John." Let's pray. Lord, as we come before you tonight, God, just uh, thank you again for an opportunity, Lord, to come and to gather. Lord, another chance, another time to be able to gather together as believers, Lord, to, to, to gather around your word, Lord, to sing praises to you, God, to, 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 to thank you. Thank you for all the testimonies that were heard tonight. I'm sure, Lord, there was many more that could have raised their hand and given a testimony about just your goodness to each of us this year, Lord. And as we move into a, a new season of life, a new year, God, I pray that you'd help us to take this passage tonight, each and every single one of us, Lord, that we'd be filled with the Spirit as we hear your word preached tonight, God, that we would apply it to our lives in the way that you'd have us to, Lord. We love you, God. Thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for your love for us. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as you look here in Luke chapter number 1, we see these lessons from a Levite. And we see the story of Zacharias and Elizabeth. And as they get to the place where here we've seen already where Zacharias is in the temple. He's doing his job. He's he's where he's supposed to be. He's in the right place at the right time. And while he's there doing what he's supposed to be doing, the angel appears. And we saw in verse number uh, 12, actually, it says that he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But then the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And the first lesson that I want to see tonight from Luke chapter number one, that we see from the life of Zacharias, the first lesson is do right. As we look here at the life of Zacharias and what he's doing, the first thing that I notice from the very beginning of this passage, and that it's really the testimony even before we get to the miracle that's about to happen, notice that earlier in that chapter in verse number 6, it says that they were both righteous before God. Zacharias and Elizabeth, before they ever got the promise from the angel, before they ever really the promise from God that they were going to have a son, uh, even before that, while they were going through this time of wondering if they were ever going to even have a son or ever have a child, before that, they were already righteous. They didn't wait until the angel of the Lord came and told them that this miracle was going to happen to start being righteous. Notice it says long before they were already both righteous. And it wasn't just one or the other. It says that they were both righteous before God. Zacharias and Elizabeth were righteous, which literally just kind of you can interpret it or think of it as being right, specifically in the areas of moral and character. Proverbs 12, 21 says, He that followeth after righteousness and mercy findeth life, righteousness, and honor. 1 Timothy 6, 11, But thou, O man of God, feel these, flee these things, and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Even in the book of Job, you see Job as a righteous man. And, and here, Zacharias and Elizabeth are an example of someone who just simply did right. And they didn't just wait to do right until the blessing started coming. They were already doing right, even in their, their, their trial. If you consider the fact that they wanted to have this son, and, and they were now of an old age, and they still haven't had, hadn't had a son, but yet they both were righteous. They both continued to do right. They were both obedient. They both followed God's commands. In John 14, verse 15, it says, If you love me, keep my commandments. As you look and it says that they were, in verse number 6, it says they were both righteous before God. Notice the next thing that it says. It says, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. As you looked at the life of Elizabeth and Zacharias and as you thought about them, anybody that knew them knew that they were going to do right. Uh, They had the testimony of doing right there. Not only were they both righteous before God, and notice how it says it's before God. It wasn't just before man, because anybody can pretend to be righteous before man. Anybody can have the appearance of being right or the appearance of doing right, and then uh, when it comes to nobody else being around, they can be their own person. But here it says that the Bible says about Zacharias and Elizabeth that they were both righteous before God. It wasn't just an, a, a, an appearance that they put on. It wasn't just something that they, they, they did when, when people were watching or looking. But they were both righteous before God. It also says, walking in all the commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Do you know why they walked in the commandments of God? It's because they were proving their love for the Lord. They, they, were, they were showing Him that they loved Him by walking in His commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. They had the testimony of being blameless, just like we see in First Timothy three two that a bishop must be blameless. You know somebody else who was blameless in Scripture. As you look back and you consider in the Old Testament, someone who was blameless was Daniel. Daniel, when the, when the people, when when the ones that hated him so much wanted to find something to uh, to be able to accuse him of, to find something that they could they could point to in his life to to say this is what we can we can get him on. The only thing that they had was that he prayed too much. That was the thing that they had to look at Daniel and say, man, he, he, he's so blameless in that fact he had no hand, nothing that they could grab onto and say that he would do, was doing wrong. And Zacharias, before God, had this same testimony. So the first lesson that we see from this Levi, from Zacharias and Elizabeth here tonight, is just simply do right. Matthew six thirty three says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So, as we see here, Zacharias and Elizabeth first, long before uh, they get the promise, long before uh, they even have the son, before, before the angel even appears to him, already we see that they're, they're doing right. They're, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. How's your testimony? I can't know for you, and you can't know for me. Only before, you, b- before God can you have and know what your testimony is. Are you, are you known for doing what's right? Are you known for being right, for being righteous? And, and righteous isn't uh, sinless perfection. Righteous is is simply trying to to follow after through the power of the Holy Spirit and obey and do what it is that God's commanded us to do. And that's the testimony that Zacharias and Elizabeth had. It's not saying here in verse number 6 that they were perfect, but they were righteous before God because they followed after Him. And they loved Him and they obeyed His commandments and they were blameless according to the commandments and the ordinance of the Lord blameless. But we see in verse number 7 that it says that they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren. And they were both now well stricken in years. And it's amazing to see that they were righteous in spite of a trial that they had in their life. They obviously wanted to have children. They, they, they wanted a son. They wanted a child. But, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. And now they're both well, now well stricken in years. And verse 8 says, And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. So we see here already from their testimony, we see the first thing, the first lesson that we learn from Zacharias and Elizabeth is do right. But the second thing I see here in verse number 8 through 10 is simply do your job. Even though they were both righteous, notice that even in their righteousness, God still hadn't answered their prayer requests. Even though they'd been doing right, they had the testimony of righteousness, they had the testimony of being blameless, they still had no child. They still had a request that they'd been praying for, something that they wanted, and now they're getting to the point where they're well stricken in years and they probably in their mind have come to the conclusion that it's never going to happen for them. But verse number eight says, And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office. You notice that Zacharias didn't just sit down and give up and quit because he didn't get the prayer answered that he wanted. Just because he was going through this trial and just because he was not exactly, things weren't going exactly how he had it planned out he still continued to do his job. Exactly. He, he can still con- t- continue to be faithful even when God didn't answer the prayer like he thought God should. Even when things weren't going exactly how he thought they should go, it says that he was still doing his job. It says that while he executed the priest's office, what if, and we know from the rest of this, we already read the verses that as he's there executing the, his job and doing what he's supposed to be doing, burning the incense in the temple, is that that's when the angel appears to him. What if he decided to not show up? What if he had decided to not go in? Because, you know, what's the point? I've been righteous. I've been doing my job. I've been blameless. I've been doing what I've been supposed to be doing, and God's not answering my prayer. Why bother? Why continue? But notice that it's while he's doing his job that the angel appears unto him. The Bible says in Proverbs 25, 19, Confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. Have you ever known someone who just, uh, they, they were known for, their, their reputation was that they just didn't do their job. Or maybe that they, they might have done their job, but they just didn't do it well. Have you ever worked with somebody, maybe in your job, or worked with somebody, and uh, you, you just, uh, no matter what the job was, no matter what you were supposed to be doing, they just, they, they just couldn't seem to just simply do their job. They always had to maybe uh, find an easier way to do it, and it ended up when uh, resulting in things being messed up, or just always trying to find shortcuts, or just maybe even not showing up. Maybe you ever worked with somebody, they just couldn't show up on time, or couldn't do their job the way they were supposed to do, but that wasn't Zacharias. He did his job. He was doing what he was supposed to be doing, and as you uh, kind of study out and look into what these priests were supposed to be doing, I'm going to read to you uh, from a commentary about what the priests were doing and why it was the the fact that Zacharias was here at this time uh, that we see in verse number eight but it says only a priest from a particular lineage could serve in the temple over the years the number of priests multiplied Uh, there it's approximated that there were about 20,000 priests during the time of Jesus so they used the lot to determine which priests would serve when the lot to serve might fall to a priest only once in his life because of how many priests there were. It could, have, it could be that you only received the opportunity to do what Zacharias is doing here in this passage, maybe even once in a lifetime. To a godly man like Zacharias, this was probably the biggest event of his life. A tremendous privilege, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Surely he wondered what it would be like to enter into the holy place and if God had something special to speak to him in this special event of his life. So we, we don't know exactly what's going on through the, in the mind of Zacharias, but we do know that this was a significant event in his life, an opportunity that didn't just come around every day, an opportunity to be able to go into the temple, and it only happened because he was faithfully doing his job. Are you doing the job that God has given you to do? Am I doing the job that God has given me to do? And as you consider your your life, there uh, you think about your job. Maybe your your mind goes to the, the the secular job that God has given you or or maybe the ministry that God has given you. But uh, even more than that, think about as a Christian, what is the job that God has given us to do? To, to be faithful to give Him the glory, to be faithful to praise Him, to be faithful in our place in church, to be faithful as soul winners telling others about Him. Are you doing your job well? Because Zacharias, not only did he do right, but he did his job. Turn your Bibles over to... Uh, Matthew chapter number four, and, and God blesses those who are faithful to Him. First Timothy one twelve says, "And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for He hath counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry." You know, many times we can we think about, you know, who God's. What does God? You know, you talk to the uh, younger kids or the maybe the teenagers or in high school or even in college, and you ask them, you. Th- start talking about what does God want you to do? What are you going to do with your life? And you, Pastor Andy even alluded to that a little bit this morning, started talking about those things that, you know, what does God want you to do? But many times we just uh, kind of in our minds, maybe not on purpose, but I know I had the thought that you just kind of sit around and wait for God to call you, and then that's what you're supposed to do once God calls you. But do you understand that God doesn't just call people that are just sitting around waiting. He calls those and uses those that are already being faithful. In Matthew chapter number 4, look at verse number 18. This is Jesus here picking his disciples. Those that would be closest to him, the ones that he would invest in and confide in, that he would uh, train up personally. Verse 18, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea. And those next words tell you why they were casting a net to the sea. It says they were casting it net to the sea, for they were what? So they were the Fishers. So why were they casting their net into the sea? they were fishermen. What were fishermen supposed to be doing? Casting their net in the sea. They were supposed to be fishing. You know, Jesus would never have called them to be faithful fishers of men if they weren't first faithful fishers of fish. If they weren't doing the job that God had already given them to do, and it may have been a, a secular job, it may have been a job that they might have thought was insignificant or not important, but it was where God had placed them. It was the time that God had placed them there. And if they hadn't have been faithful doing their job, they could have missed the opportunity for the Messiah to walk by and choose them to be one of their disciples. And obviously the Lord knew that they would be there. And he knew, uh, even Paul said it in 1 Timothy 1 that we read, he said, I, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that he had counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. The Lord doesn't call somebody into a ministry and then expect them to just become faithful. He calls those that are already being faithful. And, and Zacharias had that testimony. Not only was he righteous and following the commandments and he was blameless, he, he, he was doing right, but he's also doing his job. Are we doing our job that God has given us to do? But notice the next, the next lesson that we learn here, and that is, don't forget to pray. Zacharias, he was doing right. He was doing what he was supposed to be doing. He was blameless. He, he was doing his job. But notice that he didn't just do right and just do his job for everybody else to see. Even in his own personal life, he was still faithful to pray. And don't forget to pray. In verse number, We'll start in verse number 11. And the Bible says, And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. We'll come back to that verse in a minute, but, but in verse number 13, But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. So we see here that as the angel comes and as the angel is there talking to Zacharias, notice that what he said in verse 13, he said, thy prayer is heard. The only way that his prayer was heard is if Zacharias was was praying. His prayer wasn't going to be heard if he wasn't praying. If if Zacharias would have just given up and said, you know what? We're too old now. Well, we're we're past the age of having children. It's been too long. God hasn't answered our prayers. If he would have given up, he could have missed out on the blessing of being able to be the, 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 the father of, their, of John the Baptist, and him and, and Elizabeth receiving this blessing of the Lord, but he was faithful to pray. He continued to pray. Zacharias was a man of prayer, not just publicly as a priest, but also in his personal life. How is our prayer life? Philippians 4, 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Mark eleven twenty four. 24, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye ask, when ye pray, believe that ye shall receive them, and ye shall have them. Turn your Bibles over to Matthew chapter number 15. I want to show you a story in Matthew 15 of someone who when they prayed, they didn't get the answer that they expected at first. But as they continued to pray, and as they were faithful in their prayers, they were able to see their prayer answered, but it was only after they were consistent and faithful in their prayers, just like we see Zacharias and Elizabeth. In Matthew 15, we see in verse number 21, um, and we could spend a lot of time just on this passage going through these verses, but as you see here, it's the Syrophoenician woman, starting verse 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Notice that as this woman comes before Christ, comes before the Messiah, uh, she comes to him the right way. She says, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And of course, right from scripture, we see that Jesus, uh, whenever people came before him and they asked him for something, that typically he he would heal them. He would answer their prayer, whatever it was. But that's not what happens in this story. Look at verse number 23. This is Jesus, the Son of God, perfect in everything that He said and did, uh, completely sinless. In verse number 23, it says, But He answered her not a word. And His disciples came and saw Him saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. So not only did Jesus not answer her, but He continued to not answer her request and to the point that His disciples were just ready to send her away. They said, Get her out of here. She's crying after us. She's, she's not leaving us alone. Please send her away. Verse 24, But He answered and said, I am not sent, but as a lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she. So as Jesus tells her, Sorry, I'm not here to help you. Verse 25, Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs yet have the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour has there ever been a time in your life where you felt like as you prayed the Lord just simply wasn't answering you or or you weren't getting the answer that you wanted this woman was literally in your shoes she was face to face with the Messiah and she asked the Lord to heal her daughter and he didn't answer her now obviously we believe that Christ was perfect in everything that he said and did as he was fully God fully man sinless so as he did not answer this woman he wasn't wrong in not answering her he knew as God that he was already going to answer her request he already knew that he was going to heal her daughter he already knew what he was going to do. He already knew the miracle that he would perform. But you know why he didn't answer her a word? Because he was testing her faith. He wanted to see if she was going to continue to ask her if she was just going to stop praying when she didn't get the answer that she wanted. As you see, this woman ultimately, she got the answer. She got her daughter. Uh, her daughter was healed because of her faith. And it was simply because she was consistent in her prayer. She, she continued to pray. Luke 18, 1, men ought always to pray and not to faint. How is our prayer life? When, when there's something that comes up in our life, and these are very basic. These are simple, easy lessons that we probably all know. But we, I know I need reminded of them on a daily basis as we head into a new season of life, into a new year. Uh, and many maybe have made resolutions and different things. But simply, sometimes the best thing to do is just get back to the basics are we, and to reevaluate. Are we, are we doing right like this Levite was doing? Are we doing our job? What God has called us to do as Christians, not just as a missionary, not just as a pastor, but as a Christian, are we doing our job to be a a witness for Him? Are we doing our job to give Him all the honor and all the glory? Are we doing our job, our actual job, the, the job that He's given us, where He's placed us in our work and in our families? Are we doing right? Are we doing our job? Are we forgetting to pray? You have not because you ask not. Zacharias, he continued to pray. He didn't forget to pray. He he continued, Uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth, they were old. I mean, how long do you think they'd prayed for a child? They're they're now to the point where they're beyond, uh, they're now well stricken in years, it says in verse number 7. Well stricken in years, that's a very nice way to put it. That They were well stricken in years, but yet he continued to pray. They continued to have faith that God was going to answer their prayer. And so they get here to verse 13, and the angel says to Zacharias, fear not, and he gives him, Basically, exactly what's going to happen. He tells them how they're going to have a son. They tell him, your your son, his name is going to be John, and that's what you're going to call him. And, And these are all the things that he's going to do while he's here on this earth. But number four, the lesson that we need to remember from Zacharias that we learn, is don't question God's plan. Because look at verse number 18. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man... And my wife, well stricken in years. Notice he was smart. He didn't call his wife old. He said she was well stricken in years. But, but as the angel, now, now, now the angel is standing before Zacharias, and he's telling him, the prayer that you've been praying for for so long is going to be answered. And his response was, how shall I know that this is going to happen? Whereby shall I know this? Because I'm an old man, and my wife is well stricken in years. And this is what the angel said to him in verse 19. And the angel answering said to him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. Basically, he's saying, he's like, "Uh, Zacharias, I'm an angel, (laughs) and I'm standing before you telling you that this is going to happen. What more do you need to know? Uh, What other sign do you need? Be careful asking God for a sign when he's already clearly spoken, because you might not like the sign that he gives you. Because look here what Zacharias, what happens to him. Uh, The angel, he says, I'm Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God. Verse 20, he says, and behold, All right, Zacharias, you want a sign? Here's your sign. Behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be be performed because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. You know, Zacharias, he he was doing right. He was doing his job. He had been praying, but when it came down to it and the angel was standing there with the answer to his prayer right in front of his face, he still questioned it. He still had those doubts, and he still allowed his, his fear to turn into unbelief. Because the angel says it in verse number 20, he says, Because thou believest not my words. It wasn't just simply fear, but it was fear that he had allowed to turn into unbelief. Because there's somebody else in this same passage who had a visit from an angel, and her name was Mary. And she was also troubled. If you look down in verse number 29, when the angel visits, the same angel, when Gabriel, when he visits Mary in verse 29, and and when she saw him, she was troubled. Just like it said about Zacharias in verse number 12. She was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. But look down in verse number 38. This was Mary's response. Her fear then turned to faith. Because in verse 38, and Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. When her fear that she had faced, when those things, that, uh, those doubts came up in her mind, that, that, that maybe uh, what is going on here, it says she was troubled, she was afraid. The angel even told her, fear not, Mary. And when it came down to it, instead of disbelief, she came to a place of faith and said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Faith is not a lack of fear, but it's trusting God in spite of fear. You notice both people, Zacharias and Mary, both were afraid. Both of them were troubled. Both of them were fearful. It doesn't mean that when God tells you to do something, you're not going to be afraid of it. Because trust me, if you, if you asked uh, me or my wife right now, are you afraid to go to Nicaragua? Immediately we'd both say yes. Because it, it's, it's a scary thing. It, it's not just something that uh, we came upon easily. We just woke up one day and said, hey, you know what, let's go to Nicaragua. But in spite of that fear is when you, instead of allowing that fear to turn into uh, disbelief and, and, and unbelief, is when you just simply not, not that you're not ever going to have fear, but it's trusting God in spite of the fear. And that's not what Zacharias did. He, he da- questioned God's plan. Zacharias was unable to speak until, because he said, and the angel told him, he said, thou shalt not be able to speak, and thou shalt be dumb, and thou will not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed. And many times we kind of, at least I know I did, assume that, okay, well then once John was born, he was able to speak. But that's not what happened. It actually wasn't until eight days after John was born that Zacharias got his voice back. So we saw that do right. We saw do your job. Don't forget to pray. Don't question God's plan. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thine own understanding; in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. That's the whole the the whole premise of, of Proverbs 3, five and six is don't lean on your own understanding, because that's going to get you messed up. That that's going to create more fear, and that's going to create unbelief. Just like what happened in Zacharias, he was trying to lean on his un, own understanding. He said, "I'm old. How is this going to happen?" Instead of simply trusting by faith, like Mary did. So we saw: don't do right, do your job. Don't forget to pray. Don't question God's plan. But now turn over to the, the end of the story. We have that kind of section here from verses 26 down through uh, 38 where the angel appears unto Mary. But skip down to verse number 57. We see the, the part about where Elizabeth comes to visit Mary and uh, the babe leaps in her womb. and uh, that We have Mary's uh, a prayer that she prayed here as she was talking to the Lord. But look at down at verse number 57. Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered. And she brought forth a son. So that means that it's at least nine months now that Zacharias has not been able to speak. He, he's, he, he's not been able to uh, articulate or, or say anything or be able to talk to anyone because of his unbelief. Verse 57 Now Elizabeth full time came that she should be delivered, and she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child. And they called him Zacharias. Yes or no? Was that what the angel told them to name the child? No. After the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, Not so, but he shall be called John. She tried to tell them. She tried to tell her friends and neighbors that, No, we're not going to name him Zacharias. His name is supposed to be John. She knew. So some way, somehow, Zacharias had either written it down or... or uh, gotten her to understand that this is what the angel said. He had uh, imagined him trying to explain to Elizabeth what happened without being able to speak. The, the fact that he had seen the angel Gabriel in the temple and, and, and go through all of that without being able to speak to her and having to write it out and try to explain to her what happened and what the angel said. He had to do all of that because of his unbelief. He had to do it without being able to speak. And his mother tried to tell him in verse 6, She said, Not so, but his name shall be John. And they said unto her, verse 61, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father how he would have him called. And he asked for a writing table, and he wrote, saying, His name is John. And they marveled all. And verse 64, And his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loosed, and he spake and praised God. The fifth lesson that we see tonight is don't forget God's promises and praise. You know, John, uh, Zacharias didn't get his, his voice back until eight days after John was born because it wasn't fully performed until his name was called John. That, that was the full performing of everything that needed to be accomplished for him to be able to get his voice back and have his, his tongue loose and his mouth opened again. But notice the first thing, after nine months... Of not being able to speak, after nine months of not being able to talk to people and explain to people what's going on or or what he's thinking or what he wants just to, simply what he wants to eat, he he can't speak at all. The first thing that he does when his mouth is open and his tongue is loose, notice, says that he spake and praised God. The The first sound that that baby John heard from his father was praises to God. When he was only eight days old, the first thing that he ever heard his father say, the first time he ever heard his father's voice, even inside the womb, he had never heard his father's voice because he wasn't able to speak. His mouth was closed. His tongue was tied up. But yet, when the first time that he heard him, he heard him praise God. Zacharias didn't spend nine months getting bitter at God. He he didn't spend all that time being upset that that God, you know, he's answering my prayer, but now I'm not able to speak. Instead, he learned from his unbelief, he learned from his fear, and simply when it came time to it, and his mouth was open and his tongue was loose, he spake and he praised God. Don't forget, because I know this has happened in my life, so uh, I, I don't know, maybe this has happened in yours as well, but has there ever been a time where you prayed for something, you prayed for something, you asked God to, to answer this prayer, and then he answers it, and it's like we immediately forgot all that time that we spent in prayer asking God for it, and it's just like, oh when we don't spend time praising God for the answer we, we, we when God answers, it's almost just like we expected and we we don't give God the praise and the thanks that he deserved just like those leopards when Jesus healed him and only one came back to thank him how many times has God done something for us he's answered a prayer specifically that we prayed for and we forget to praise him and Zacharias did not get bitter at God he he, he didn't get upset at God for making him not be able to speak for all that time but he simply remembered God's promise He remembered his promise by naming his son John like God had told him to. And when it came down to it, he remembered to praise him. The first words that his child ever heard were his praises to God. And as you read down through the rest of the chapter, you can see uh, the things that Zacharias said to the Lord. Uh, Verse 67, his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. And hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of De- his servant David, and and he spake by the mouth of the holy prophets which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. And and he goes down and continues to the end of the chapter, just praising God and, and thanking God for what He did and what He has done and, and what He's going to do, even through John and then ultimately the coming Messiah. But as I thought about Zacharias and him remembering God's promises and then praising the Lord, and I thought about John, Uh, obviously, you know, John in that moment was only eight days old, but I I would expect and I would believe that Zacharias continued to praise the Lord as John grew up, as uh, he continued to be thankful to God for what he did. I thought about what do our children hear from us? When, when, we're, when, we, when things happen in our lives and things didn't go exactly how Zacharias had planned, he, he probably would have, if you would have planned it out, would have had John a long time ago. But God had it designed for such a time as this. He knew when John needed to come because he knew when the Messiah was coming and, and Jesus, when Jesus would be there and John was going to prepare the way and John was going to, to, to start that process of getting people ready for the coming of the Messiah. And, and in Zacharias' perspective, it seemed like God was just waiting and waiting and waiting. And God was uh, not answering his prayer when in reality, God knew exactly when he was going to answer his prayer. God knew exactly when his, his son John was going to come. But John grew up hearing his father praise the Lord. He grew up hearing his father be thankful, to the Lord. He didn't hear his, his father bitter at God for what he did, he didn't hear his father just uh, full of uh, disbelief and uh, bitterness towards God, but he heard the praises of the Lord from his father's mouth. The Bible says, in Psalms 100, we'll turn there and we'll be finished for tonight. Psalms 100, and we'll close reading this psalm together. If you'll turn there, we'll, we'll read it all. It's a, it's a short psalm. We'll read it all together. Maybe you have it memorized. We'll read it together out loud as a church. We'll close tonight. Just think about the praises of the Lord and all that He's done for us this year, this past year. Yeah, there may have been extreme difficulties. There may have been some serious trials that you've had to face this past year. And I don't know every single one of you personally, and maybe many of you don't even know who I am and know some of the challenges that i faced this year, but I think we could all say, in spite of all of that, God has still been good. And God will still continue to be good. And let's read Psalm 100. It's only five verses. Let's read it out loud as a church. Psalms 100, verse number 1, ready, begin. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good, and His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. So from the life of Zacharias, number one, do right. Number two, do your job. Number three, don't forget to pray. Number four, don't question God's plan. And number five, don't forget God's promises and God's praise. Let's pray.